Hi folks, I am Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 25th of June 2013. Newcomers, as always, I suggest you make good use of the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com where I hope to bring you into a form of reality uh, and help dispel the illusions and indoctrinations that you get even daily from your media because we truly are under a, an amazing system of control. You've been raised with it, though. You've been trained step by step from childhood to believe in it and to believe what you're told, etc. Brzezinski talked about that a long time ago when he said that the average person eventually will have nothing to talk about except what's on television or what the latest newscaster said about the previous night's news. And, and that's where we are today. Most folk think it's all real. So we have to set up the website. Remember, too, I go through the foundations and organizations all networked together and how they started to do this a long time ago, 100 years ago, to take over the world's resources, all of them, to set up a two-tier system of the ultra-ultra super-wealthy and all the rest of the peasants at the bottom as they go in, in their evolutionary program towards the stars and all that nonsense. And basically, they want to take over, say, everything you need for survival. It's already been done, actually. You'll notice there's less and less corporations owning the food supply of the planet. And really, I think they're all the same bunch anyway because they all have the same shareholders at the top owning them all. Same with the water and everything else. And lots of uh, good-sounding things are, are used along the way and under the, the guise of sustainability to uh, rob us all and get us to pay for the big corporations, big projects from the taxpayer. All the, all the big projects that they come from the taxpayers, you fund the private projects for the private corporations that reap the benefits and uh, got you at the same time. Remember, too, you can buy the books and discs that I have at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, and that helps me tick along here. And from the U.S. to Canada, you can use personal checks still, or you can use personal, or you can use international postal money orders from the post office in the U.S. to Canada. You can also uh, send cash or use PayPal across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal. Straight donations are seriously welcome because, as I say, we're going through a period of uh, inflation as we keep printing money. And, and of course it's back to nothing anyway, except the, the guy at the top that says what it's worth. And we're all taught this is a quite normal system and we believe it all. So we're being fleeced mightily as we go through the system. And as I say, you have to go into the website and make good, good use of it. There's lots and lots of audio talks I've given over the years where I go through all of this. And uh, some people have made movies out of the talks I've, I've given even recently, in fact. And I talk about mind control, how you're conditioned from childhood. Uh, the simple techniques that were known even back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s and are much more advanced today. Now that neuroscience is all on board with it as they go with the human brain project to map every single part of the brain so they can find out where certain thoughts seem to originate from. And of course, if you can do that too, you can also switch them off because there are ways to do that very, very easily now using the simple electric currents remotely too. The same frequency is just simply beamed at you and that's it. So we're going through an amazing time transformation, but the big boys themselves have no problem about the future they're bringing in. 
It's a future that's going to have a massive upheaval, already has, has massive upheaval across the world on most people with their jobs and all the rest of it, since most of them are given to China and so-called emerging nations. In fact, your countries are still throwing billions of dollars at those countries to put the, the factories and so on in some of the emerging nations, even like India. And we accept it all because people think, well, what can we do? And just vote in a new bunch next time and they'll do something about it. Of course, it doesn't happen because voting is a fraud. And politicians have always been fraudulent. And you can go back into Shakespeare time too and later on. You find what they had to say about politicians, the type that uh, knew how to con the public with nice smiles. They're basically psychopathic. They're all on the take, by the way. They all have the little clubs which they belong to and the, the little uh, lodges they belong to as well where they swear to secrecy and swear to cover each other. We're living in quite this system, folks. And it's not to your benefit in the long run, even in the short run. Back with more after this. We're back, cutting through the matrix, talking about this system. That's all there is, is a system, you see. And truly, it's a system uh, that we don't belong to. We only hear uh, decrees are thrown down from the towers to the, from the people at the top, and they float down to earth, and then it's reinterpreted by the paid media uh, that knows what to censor and so on. So we're living in a, in a fake reality, as I say. But uh, it's been this for a long, long, long time because down through the ages, and it's increasingly so uh, as corporations uh, really blossomed in the early 20th century and even before that, in fact, and um, decided that there were big integrated plans. They would all work together towards their form of a new world order for themselves. And then into that came academic uh, professors from specializing areas in the human condition, sociology, anthropology, and so on. And how to, they, they were just deciding the future would hold. They already decided a long time ago that the ordinary working person would be displaced or of no use down the road. And, of course, they, that was before they gave even all the plants to China. That was all arranged beforehand. They knew the repercussions. And, of course, they knew there'd be a lot of suffering. But that doesn't matter because they believe they're on the cutting edge at the top. And basically, you're a different species at the bottom. If you haven't made it in the top uh, level, then you're nobody really. That's how they used to say it when, when kings and queens would have their, their parties and their balls, still do actually, and then someone comes in, and they'll see them coming in at the door, being announced, and they'll say, who is that? Is, is he a somebody? That's what they would say. Is he a somebody? If it wasn't somebody, he'd ignore them. And you have to be a somebody. So at the top, we've got all the somebodies, you see, and they have no problem discussing these things I'm talking about amongst themselves quite openly, in fact. And, of course, it's imperative to them that they keep the majority of the public dumb and stupid and poisoned as well with the rotten food they're getting and lots of the injections they're getting too. I mentioned before last week again that uh, the British Parliament still putting or pushing for GM foods to be pushed everywhere, but they won't even allow the stuff to be catered for in their own restaurants in the Parliament buildings. So uh, they know what it does to the public and that should be a warning to the public. The public, amazingly enough, it doesn't matter how much you tell them, they still have that in their heads because the conditioning, they wouldn't give it to us unless it was safe. They still have that in their, in their minds, you know. And the big boys at the top know that. The conditioning is pretty well perfect. But it's nothing to where it's all supposed to go because 
I want to read a few articles here to do. Now, now it's to do with a meme that was put out too, because I don't realize that the G8 and around the same time this after it, they had a big meeting on, on the agenda 21 system, uh, coupled with sustainability and, and carbon and all the rest of it all at the same time. And of course, the, all the politicians who attended simply got updates from the Sherpas. The Sherpas are, polit- are, are bureaucrats who travel full time for years, sometimes getting all the signatories together, all the plans made with the think tanks, and then and the, the politicians get together and simply sign the deal. That's all they have to do, rubber stamp it. And they talked about the carbon taxes and all different things to come, you see. And then in November is a big one. That's when it really hits you big time, uh, along with the Agenda 21 system, where they're going to whack you with taxes for cars and God knows what else and so on, extra taxes for fuel. Uh, because eventually in Agenda 21 it says there'll be no privately owned vehicles, essential vehicles only. And that's in their own agenda plan, of course, which you can get at United Nations. But anyway, here's an article here that says that uh, this uh, CBNI ha- has early bird edges. U.S. approves liquefied natural gas export plants. Now, the people don't realize it because they very seldom or, or think for themselves. That it's a true. It's true. Why should you think for yourself if you believe and you've been trained to believe that anything worth knowing, uh, those famous faces on television will tell you? Remember what Brzezinski said. He said eventually the public will expect the media to do the reasoning for them. He wasn't talking off the top of his head there. And it's happened. People really think that it's an appendage to their brain to warn them about things that should really, really upset them or get them or warn them about things they can do something about. And that's not what the media is there for at all. I've read the articles here where that court case that was to do with Monsanto, the, crew, the journalist crew for Fox Television, tried to sue, but all the way up to the Supreme Court because they had the contract to do it, uh, their work. And Fox got, the, got leaned on by Monsanto and told them to stop it. So to the Supreme Court, and the judge says that there's nowhere in any literature that says the news must tell you any truth. So what do they tell you? They tell you things to either upset you, to terrify you, uh, like, like you're abused, you see, and you always turn to the abuser, the ones who do it, which is government. Please do something about this. Now, government's not in, in the job of looking after you. That's a big joke. It's a con. And everyone, as you well know, in politics is on the scam in one way or another. They're allowed to do insider trading. And so when they, knew, they know that the, that the government's going to use their tax money and plow it into big, big organizations to do biofuel, whatever it happens to be, they just immediately grab lots of shares in it and they're, and they're guaranteed to be a winner. There's no gambling. You know they're going to be a winner when they're going to use the taxpayers' money, you see. Now, this happened, of course, as well with the CBNIs. This is Early Bird Edges U.S. approves liquefied natural gas export plants. The taxpayer funded all this explanation. They funded all the technologies into existence and funded the big corporations end up getting the contracts. They fund everything, you see, for private enterprise. You get nothing back from it. You get a bill back from it from the guys who eventually own all the power and all the rest of it. This happens across the world, too. Britain's the same. They're all the same now. Because they're all in it together. And as it says, the engineering companies like Chicago uh, Bridge and Iron and the shareholders are salivating the prospects of more U.S. natural gas exports as regulators begin to sign off on the plants needed to move gas abroad. Now, the whole thing, when they were conning the public, who never really even woke up really, they said, oh, well, that's nice, we'll have energy for hundreds of years. And that's, that's how they pushed it to you. Uh, America will never run short of energy. We've got all this natural gas. So you make the technology... They, they bottle the stuff and then they, they ship it abroad. 
for private corporations, not for you. So you still have the same problem down the road, but you actually you won't because most of you will die off by then, and they expect most of you won't even have children to take over. That's all written in their own own agreements and so on, and, and, and projections from the think tanks. It says, last month's approval of the Free Port LNG Development's liquefied natural gas project in Texas indicates more will come, and analysts expect maybe five or six will be built. So maybe your money will help it. It's under sustainability and so on, and, and greening projects. That's where all these grants come from. CBNI did the front-end engineering and design for Freeport, and as seen from the outfit to, be, to beat, it says, uh, given its long track record of building terminals to import LNG before the shale gas bonanza reversed the U.S. natural gas equation. It says even Warren Buffett had taken notice, and uh, it says Berkshire Hathaway recently became the top shareholder with 6.1% stake. And then it goes through different ones, investment officers and so on and so on. That's only one article that shows you how you're used always, always, you know, and you're handed the bill, uh, which you have no choice but to pay, of course. And also this one too, Tyson Foods. It's like a big rah-rah, it's a, it's a PR, a handout actually that they give to the papers. Most articles you'll find now are handouts from the marketing companies, the public relations companies, which are propaganda companies, that market for the, the corporations. This is Tyson Foods. And everyone knows about Tyson Foods. There's been different scandals in the past. They always seem to get the, the contracts, even from Hong Kong, places when bird flu comes out and they kill off all the chickens. They just happen, they just happen to have enough to replace them with at that particular time. Probably they've got ships going across the sea with the chickens in before it's even announced, you know. They're just in the right place at the right time. Ben says, Tyson Foods uh, Centrolium uh, Joint Venture opens advanced biofuels plant in Louisiana. Operations are underway for the new dynamic fuel plant, which was successfully converting animal fats. For all the, all the greenies out there, there you go. You think when you stop using it. No, they're going to convert animal fats and greasies. The stuff that they used to stack into your things they call the hamburgers, you know. Now you'll be getting some other cheaper substitute in hamburgers to make it still kind of shiny. Into high-quality renewable fuels, officials from Centrolium Corporation and Tyson Foods, Inc. announced on November 8th. Production at the Geismar LA plant began in early October, and the volume currently will, will be being produced is 2,500 barrels per day and growing. And Dynamic Fuels LLC is a 50-50 joint venture of Centrolium and Tyson, unlike the ethanol and biodiesel industries which use food ingredients such as corn and soybean to produce fuel. Dynamic Fuels uses non-food-grade animal fats and greases. Uh, this is a pure PR handout. It says, we're very pleased with the progress of the plant and the quality of the fuels producing, said Jeff Webster, uh, Group Vice President. I like how the vice is very appropriate of Tyson Renewable Products Division. It says, this fuel offers the same benefits of synthetic fuels derived from coal or natural gas, including substantial performance and environmental advantages over petroleum-based fuels. It's kind of like burnt offerings, eh? Going through your exhaust pipe. But the thing is, too, what they don't tell you, and this is, this is known too, but of course none of them will tell you this because this is a PR pro thing, you see. It tells you that they, you'll find that even with modern gasoline, especially in Canada, they add so much ethanol and stuff in the winter time, and now they're doing it through the, through the year, that if you leave it in something in a tank, especially in a small engine, it won't start because it starts to break up and turns into a, a, a jelly goo in the fuel carburetor bowls in the tanks. It says, to date, the Geismar plant has manufactured renewable diesel with a cloud point as low as minus 26 degrees, minus 20 Fahrenheit, and octane as high as 88, more than twice that of ASTM petroleum 
it says. I'd like to see the fact sheets on that. And then it says, Gary Roth, the chief executive officer of Centrum, said, our U.S. plant is producing some of the highest quality diesel fuel in the world. And best of all, it's renewable with a carbon footprint of 75. See, they're all greenies. These are, remember, these are hard-nosed businessmen that grab every, every carbon credit out there from the government that's given out. And they're into every grant that's handed out for renewable technologies and so on. And you're paying for all. It says we can also take renewable high-value specially distillate products that can be used in a wide variety of applications such as dry cleaning, ink cartridges and drilling fluids and we actively are pursuing these markets. Understand there's no such thing. It's like the Wall Street movie, the first one, when the guy says, what do you think we do, all these corporations? He says, we don't care what what they're doing, what they're actually making anything. We just own them all. And that's what you have now with these groups, massive groups. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the matrix and to tie in with all of this, of course, you've got to, since everyone's in on this scam, I mean, as I say, if you want to get rich today, just get into a corporation. And if you can, it's kind of hard to get into the top, of course, but some families do it. And relatives are awfully handy as well. But apart from that, it's awfully good to get into these positions because then you look for what the government's handing out, billions, billions under greenness, green that, and so on, sustainability. And these are grants these companies. Anyway, it says, come hell or high water, great green fleet will sail. It's a U.S. fleet, you see. This is, a, again, a public relations handout to a greening company. And it says, the U.S. Navy plans to launch an entire biofuel-enabled great green fleet in 2016, complete with fighter jets, helicopters, destroyers, and other ships, despite attempts by certain members of Congress to block it from buying biofuels. The notorious budget sequester hasn't proven to be much of an obstacle to the military biofuel program either. And the latest development in the Department of Defense has just nailed down $16 million in matching funds. So the taxpayers are going to put in $16 million and it's going to be matching funds for three companies to build biofuel refineries to the tune of 150 million gallons in capacity. That will give you a great number by 2016, all using non-edible sources, including animal fats, and other waste from food processors. Well, that would be Tyson and all the rest of the boys again, you see. The guys that make your food during the military-industrial complex. Think about that. Just like Monsanto, this chemical division. And it says, uh, the military biofuel program cuts across all branches of the armed services, but the Navy has been the most aggressive in pursuit of a new future, fuel future. It's a particular imperative as the U.S. national security pivots attention to the Pacific theater. With that in mind, let's take a look at those new contracts. Then they give you them Biofuels Digest. Came out with a lot of stuff. Who got it from Nick Tabarek at Bloomberg. It's because Bloomberg's in on everything because he's a lot of dope from the NSA spy stuff at the top. They, they, they tell him what to invest in and stuff. According to Tabarek, the goal of the three refineries is to produce biofuel at cost parity with conventional fuel at less than $4 per gallon, it says. Oh, you can take that to the bank, sure, eh? $4 a gallon, right? And the cost of parity issue is absolutely vital because the anti-biofuel contingent has been able to use the relatively high cost of military biofuel purchases as a hook for its legislative agenda. If and when the cost differential evaporates, so do the objections. 
so in other words, they pretend they're going to bring it down. But if the government's buying it for the Navy, it's not going to come down, folks. It's all who you know and friends and winks and stuff like that, you know, handshakes. But uh, they're all in on the, on the scam, and that's what they do. And all those greenies that follow... See, if you're a follower, you're doomed. You're, you can't be followers, blind followers, who are given uh, all the phrases to, 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 to protest with. You've got to be a thinker. And if you participate in something, you must know what you're participating for. You're not being conned by big international corporations. That's the oldest trick in the book. You can almost count on the mob, you know. That's what Albert Pike said. And also this one too, it said that, uh, could the sea squirt be a bountiful biofuel source? Now this is a meme, it's all coming out at the same time. And there's this intentional, people will hear little bits and bites all over the, 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 the radio and their phones and so on and the internet. And they don't think about things that come through osmosis and eventually implants themselves in their head. This is inevitable and natural. They don't think it through anything reasonably and question anything. What to do with invasive species? So if you want to make a big profit off something that's natural, you call it invasive species when it suits you. has been a perennial discussion in the environmental community. I mean, they really tear their green hair out worrying about these things. Some have suggested that in places where, where they have become an ecological menace, we should be eating them out of existence. So they're trying to make you insects and everything, and, and they want to feed plankton and stuff to cattle and see if they get a different kind of mad cow disease and stuff like that down the road. It says, now researchers in Norway say that one invasive species in our oceans is ideally suited for biofuel production, and rather than stopping them out, we should be growing more of them. Though far from any sort of commercial-scale product uh, production, scientists from the University of Bergen and Union Research say that Siona intestinalis, a type of sea squirt called the tunicate, can be cultivated, pressed, and turned into ethanol. Actually, these little invasive species, what they do is they take waste from the sea and they squirt out fresh water at the end. They filter it all. Anyway, this this particular species is particularly well suited for biofuel production. They can look at anything, even us, of course. Now, by the way, I'm not kidding you. I mean, they have looked at humans. Uh, you know, once your life's over, why not use you? They've done all this stuff as well, folks, because we're just another commodity, you know, to the big boys. Actually, there's such a say that because it's high yield, up to 200 kilograms per square meter of ocean area, that was give you statistics now to boggle your mind, think, wow, whoa. And of course, the reality is always very different. Unlike any other creatures in the animal kingdom, it produces cellulose, which they use to construct the walls of their body. It might be hard to believe, based on their noodle-like appearance, but tunicates are actually considered a sister subphylum to us vertebrates. And so now they want to use this and make this particular kind of biofuel. Understand that every country that signed the agreement with the United Nations on sustainability, Agenda 21, and the green projects and, and reducing carbon have been pumping billions of taxpayers' money into, into these, 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 these scams. These scams, folks. And that's why if you want to get rich, grab a grant from the government. You won't get it any other way. Not these days. And also... It says Obama nourishes the smart grid and feeds his legacy, it says here. So the smart grid, of course, we know it's the big boys that are all involved in it. IBM is in control of it, ultimately. They came up with the idea, and, of course, they pushed all the green stuff as well. They helps them as well, sustainability and smart grid. Smart grid sounds better, you know, when they give you a heavy bill. Back with more on this after this break.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and talking about the cons that go on. And the cons always have to have a front man. We call them presidents and prime ministers like Tony Blair was a good one. Uh, and there's a lot more to Tony Blair than, of course, they've ever published, but I won't go into that either. But, uh, but that is front men really for the boys behind them who work with the corporations, international corporations. They've all been CEOs of corporations before. And, uh, and they try to get someone who's got a new face and fresh and, and awfully eager to get awfully rich like Blair did. Anyway, it says Obama nourishes a smart grid and feels, feeds his legacy. Another PR piece is all to fit into the present meme as we, we gradually get these little bits into us. And it says in Texas, it says Kingsville, it says, uh, the Naval Air Station Kingsville became the first Navy region Southeast Command to install advanced metering infrastructure smart meters. The Navy Facilities Engineering Command Southeast is spearheading the $23 million project. So, again, the Facilities Engineering Command, of course, which is again taxpayer again, is going to use $23 million project. There'll be a lot more when they're finished. Everything starts off being at least one-tenth of what they claim. Ten times more, I should say. Which calls for the installation of 2,177 smart meters at 12 region commands. NAS Kingsville plans to install 158 smart meters throughout the base. And it says increasing energy efficiencies is unanimously supported, but the manner in which that's achieved is not amongst the major catalysts for such actions of facilitation of the smart grid, which requires the allocation of federal funds and possibly exposing customers to gyrating electric rates. And then it goes on to say that advocates of the smart grid say that the investments made in modern infrastructure today will ultimately have huge payoffs at the will for the corporations that get all the grants to do it. Not only will that help consumers save money to get fleeced, but allowing utilities to send signals to just energy usage, it will also minimize power companies' emissions. And true, this, this, uh, the spy grid too, it's a total spy grid, as you well know, the smart meter grid. Uh, everything is a spy grid they're giving you today. Uh, and apart from that, it's not very good for your health to have those meters just blasting a very high potent uh, microwave uh, beam all the time. But apart from all these things, it's good for you apparently. And it's good for the corporations. President Obama is the biggest proponent arguing the technological development will mitigate the effects of climate change, which of course is nonsense, create more efficiencies with the grid and allow additional green electrons to cross the wires. Well, that's generally called mold and I have to clean them off. They're not really good for the wires. Also tonight, too, I'll put up this article. It's just come out. I think it's... uh, Understand that Obama's really going to get a big, big payoff when he leaves, of course, for pushing all these things through. Uh, they probably have a, a book that will come out, and before it comes out, or he's even started to write it, because the German goes through it, and you see, uh, they'll, they'll get about $100 million advance copies in sales. That's what they did with Clinton. That's a way to pay off, you see, the, the guys that do this now. Anyway, it's got all these, uh, the, the PDF, it came out in this private meeting, by the way. They only allowed non-governmental organizations into it, and the Sierra Club and all the usual guys, but it was not open to the public, you know, the ones who pay for everything. And But it, this PDF came out with the action plan, it says, and also with clean energy, uh, cutting carbon pollution, uh, promoting American leadership in renewable energy, unlocking long-term investment in clean energy innovation, and then building a 21st century transportation sector. 
etc., etc. So there's been a lot of things that will happen. And remember, too, remember all, behind all of this, back to Agenda 21, they want to get the average cars off the road. They want the rule of folk off the road. And even a lot of people in the suburbs, they want them to start crowding all in to the over, already overcrowded, decaying cities and simply die off. But I'll put this PDF up tonight for those that want to have a little perusal of it. And also, this article too, research in Marcus, United States SGIG utility spending detailed by technology. And this goes into a lot of the costs and smart grid development and so on. And the companies are receiving the cash, and it's quite quite something. You're paying for it all. And uh, it names many of the companies like uh, Zyprime and various other ones. They're getting massive grants given to them to monitor all of us and then cut you off if they decide that you're using too much. And, and remember, too much has been redefined according to your social standing. You can get cut off if you're using a fan with, with you've got 90 humidity and 90 degrees heat outside. And you're not using an air conditioner. Because you're not important enough, you see, to keep it going. It's just astonishing that the public have no concept of what reality even is. And what's all been discussed already. And tonight too, I want to mention too, the arrogant bankers caught on tape spark an outrage in Ireland. It's quite an interesting scandal that's come in. Nothing, I'll go nowhere, never do. But says Ireland's Deputy Prime Minister on Tuesday led into an arrogant executives at a failed bank who mocked government efforts to tackle an economic crisis amid growing public outrage at the latest revelations in tapes of bank executives' phone calls. I'll put the tape up too, you can hear them talking. The revelations were seen as potentially damaging to Ireland's efforts to obtain concessions from the European Union on the terms of a bank rescue that pushed it to an 85 billion euro bailout. In the tapes published by the Irish Independent Newspaper, the collapsed Anglo-Irish Bank, which wasn't really Irish at all, and forget the the Anglo part because there's very few Anglos living in in the city of London, then head of capital markets John Bow was asked how he'd come up with a figure of 7 billion euros for a rescue, responding that he had picked it out of my arse, he said. That's what he says. These are the guys who plunder you and laugh at you. The bank eventually cost taxpayers some 30 billion euros during the financial crisis, almost one-fifth of the country's annual output, and three former executives, not including Bo, will go on trial next year on fraud charges. It says, I mean the degree of arrogance, the degree of hubris, the degree of couldn't care less about the taxpayer, about the Irish people that seem to be part and parcel of the culture of the bank. Well, why should they care about the Irish people? And it says, in Dublin, the story dominated television and radio news for a second day, with almost all national papers splashing the story in the front pages. How come nobody's in jail read the, the headlines in the Irish Sun? And there's a few on this article, and other things are happening too. But um, I'll put them all up tonight too. On the latest, there's even more coming out of Ireland, and you'll hear what these guys are talking about. They, 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 they laugh. They said, we're not going to pay these loans back for the taxpayer that the government's given them. We're not going to give them. They never do. And they laughed about it. These are the guys that will never, ever, they'll never change the monetary system, folks, because, you see, it truly is uh, uh, totally dominated by the same people who've dominated it for an awful long time. And they always plundered you at least majorly twice a century and many times in between for lesser amounts, which is still pretty phenomenal. 
and the Bank of America lied to homeowners and rewarded foreclosures. Former employees say. Former Bank of America employees gave sworn statements that the bank lied to homeowners, denied loan modifications for bogus reasons, and rewarded employees for sending homeowners into foreclosure, for stealing their homes. They stole their homes. And it says, Bank of America employees regularly lied to the homeowners, seeking loan modifications, denied their applications for made-up reasons, and were rewarded for sending the homeowners into foreclosure, according to sworn statements by former bank employees. Employee means statements were filed late last week in federal court in Boston as part of a multi-state class action suit brought on behalf of homeowners who sought to avoid foreclosure through the government's Home Affordable Modification Program, but said they had their cases botched by Bank of America. In a statement, the Bank of America spokesman said that each of the former employee statements is rife with factual inaccuracies and that the bank will respond more fully in court next month. He said the Bank of America had modified more loans than any other bank and continues to demonstrate commitment to assisting customers who are at risk of foreclosure. And it says six of the former employees worked for the bank while one worked for a contractor. They ranged from former managers to frontline employees and all dealt with homeowners seeking to avoid foreclosure through the government's program. It just goes on and on, doesn't it? But they won't, they won't change the system. And I just want to touch on before I take a caller, the body of Ibrahim Todeshev has flown to Russia, it says. And it says, um, almost a month after he was shot and killed by a Boston FBI agent, Ibrahim uh, Todeshev's body was loaded in a 540 flight to Russia Tuesday, concluding his family's nearly month-long process of getting his body home. It says his family has attempted to ship the body back to Russia since it was released by the Florida Medical Examiner the week after the shooting on May 22nd. However, according to the family members and friends, the FBI has yet to release his green card and passport, both confiscated during the investigation, investigation made it difficult to, to book a flight. Todeshev, 27, who was a Russian native living in Orlando when he was killed, was a friend of the accused Boston Marathon bombing suspect Tamerlan Tsnarnev and was interviewed several times about that relationship. Now, all these agents had him interrogated many times. The guy was sitting in a chair. They claimed that they had to shoot him because he attacked them. Here he is sitting. Now, guarantee he was unarmed. Before you get interrogated, you get armed, believe me. And to get shot in the head generally means that someone just executed you while you were sitting in the chair. This is what's happening in today's modern world, not just in the U.S., but elsewhere, too. This is during his final voluntary interview, Turkish was shot multiple times and killed by an agent who said the man attacked him. So all these big, gruff agents uh, who, who've interrogated people all the time just didn't know how to handle a guy who, who they claim. And of course, there's no evidence of this, that he attacked him. He was executed. That's, that's an execution when you shoot someone in the top of the head, they're generally sitting in a chair. But it doesn't matter. It just goes down in the victims. It's, I understand there's no wall of victim commemorate these victims that have been going on for centuries to get slaughtered by government agencies. Now, we'll go to Warren now. I think he's out there in New Brunswick. You're hanging on there, Warren. You still there? Hello? I listened earlier when you were mentioning about invasive species. Yeah. I think people have to wake up in North America what kind of criminals in, <coughs> in environmental criminals, criminals have been at work now for many decades yeah. and in order to generate time for the, uh, to generate uh, capital and income for the uh, big uh, chemical companies. Yeah. I've been documenting now for over 40 years the deliberate introdu- introduction of invasive uh, wheat space in, into farmland. 
that puts an immense uh, burden on the farmers. Yeah. And uh, it uh, costs them a lot of money, but it uh, generates lots of income for the uh, chemical companies and their products. Yeah. Not just only invasive weed species, but invasive insect species. Yes. But I've been uh, 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 witnessing there as far back as in the, uh, in the early 70s here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I live in, in eastern Canada, and when I look at uh, what has been going on all in order to uh, generate, elect, uh, generate uh, economic activity, I would say half of the uh, economic activity is being created by creating problems. And then sell the cure, like the Hegelian dialectic. Yeah. And that I wish sense, people yeah. would start waking up. And instead well, of uh, well, walking through, uh, through the world with their blinders on, oh, see no evil, do, ne- do no evil, you uh-huh. know, they better uh, start opening their eyes and see the evil that's all around. It is all around, and it's nothing new in corporations creating their own business. Create business. If nothing's happening, you create the business. And Canada leads the world. Still does, by the way. Uh, but uh, this is only possible in a country that has such an immense wealth. In countries well, where the economy depends uh, on limited natural resources, people mm-hmm. cannot afford this kind of a foolishness and this well, kind yeah. of crime. They cannot tolerate those kinds of crimes because it endangers the, the survival of the whole society. Yes, it does. And this is the thing with all corporations now that are all working together and all these scams in other countries too. And and they're getting their full way with it. These guys are the guys who prop up and, and started off all the green movements, sustainability, not the ones at the bottom. All these NGOs work for the foundations and, and the top leaders are paid massive uh, wages of these NGOs. That they get all the, the big armies of the followers to follow them. Um, they've always run all these big movements and the public haven't a clue. Even though the followers haven't a clue who really controls them. But you know, Canada led the world from World War II onwards for bacterial and viral warfare. And if you read, um, Canada's deadly allies, it, it tells you from a guy who worked in the, the defense department in World War II, he wrote a book on it and, um, I was written by a guy from the Toronto Star, actually. And it's Canada's Secret War, as the other title it's got. But he goes into the fact that Canada uh, had worked out ways of killing, if not only the livestock of, of Germany, if they wanted to, by, by using viruses and bacteriums, which they, they cultivated en masse. Well, but, uh, Canada got a long history, uh, mm-hmm. centuries ago, in order to deal with the native people. That's biological right. warfare against the the uh, Mi'kmaq people and the native people in eastern Canada by mm-hmm. General Amherst and yeah. against the uh, especially the Iroquois in uh, central Canada. Yeah, yes, and, it, and it's a fact too, and it's well documented. It's actually in and published for the first time recently. Uh, the writings, the, the top generals that were in charge of these projects, where they gave them uh, and they put them in to all together into into hospitals, even if they were if they were fit, especially the children to contaminate not only tuberculosis but smallpox. And, and, the, and this particular general was, was documenting the cases himself and said it was working well. That is true. That is true. As I say, there is a, uh, I've been studying lately uh, the history of the British Empire, you know, the glorious yeah. British Empire. There's mm-hmm. nothing glorious about that empire. Mm-hmm, it has been true. an empire on the 400-year crime spree. Mm-hmm. It has. 
And you remember too that Britain was the first company or country really that, that was a company, I suppose, because they, they created the East India Company way back in about the 1600s. And that was a big international corporations, different branches of it, uh, with the, with the Dutch East India Company as well and so on. And most of the, the guys who set it up weren't even really British. I can't go into that, but they weren't. And uh, they used countries as covers in a sense. But uh, corporations is a very old, old thing. And the only other people who got shares in these big corporations, even back then, were the royalty and all their relatives. There's, there's hundreds of relatives, of course, uh, of the aristocracy in, in England. But getting back to, to, to the, the, you were talking about the modification of uh, insects. I mean, I've seen it here in Canada myself, uh, with the incredible amounts of mosquitoes that suddenly come out of the blue, different kinds. Uh, the deer fly never used to come in, in, in squadrons. Now, they, now you can't go out without about 20 coming at you. And that only started back in 2005, a sudden change and stuff. Now, these are all ways of getting folk off the land under Janet 21, when you can't get peace at all, or getting bitten to pieces. Last year, I had, I'm not kidding you, and I've got photographs of them, when it was a really hot bit towards the end of summer, I had flying locusts here. Flying locusts. I've got all the photographs of them. And they were all out the back in my house, into the field. I wasn't sure if they were coming off the trains that go by from the, from the, the Canadian National Trains, that go past this area, or, or if they were actually getting dropped elsewhere. But Canada went through the whole process of how to take down countries using insects and so on, and even on their crops for, and for warfare, warfare purposes. And we still have companies, lots of them, that breed all the darn things for military-industrial complexes around the world. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix And was, is, Warren, is Werner, Werner still there? It's actually Werner, it's not Warner, it's Werner Are you still uh, there? Yeah, yes uh, Listen, what I mentioned there This should have been addressed already long ago By Canada's finest, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police But when it comes to real law enforcement And real investigating real crime Real crime They don't cut the mustard Yeah Maybe they should pay more attention about uh, to serve and protect the people of this country instead of serving and protecting the big corporation. Well, well, that's just it. Now, there's RCMP guys I've tried in the past to come out and have been hammered by their superiors when they, they do expose what's happening, even with the drug trade. Uh, a few years ago, you remember, there was a guy in British Columbia. He'd been undercover working with Hell's Angels, in fact, it's, it's said in many reports when you can stop drugs arriving here and there because of the Hells Angels deliver them. But it was his appears that kept stopping him, and so the, the drugs were always delivered. And eventually he wrote a book, and they really came down like a ton of bricks on him. And then you start to catch on. The big boys at the top want the drugs to come out, and, and they don't want to catch these guys and so on. That's only one little thing. But when you're dealing with corporate warfare, and we've got corporate warfare here. As I say, when business is bad, they make things happen. And, uh, and when you see the amount of tricks that are paid, played, even the, so say Canada has got more, uh, companies in Canada that create different kinds of insects than any other country in the world. We create them here. And they sell them. Initially, it was under the guise of producing them to kill off the aphids on crops and so on. And then we found out the government of Canada had released millions and millions on ladybugs a few years back. 
they denied it was them for about four months. Then the CBC had to admit, yeah, the Ministry of Agriculture admitted they had grown them on underground bases in Canada to kill off the aphids. Well, you don't kill off aphids when the crops are all over and done with. But they released them. And those darn things were actually biting people too. Yeah. In 1973, out of nowhere, suddenly in the middle of the field, there was about a, a three or four acre in infestation of aphids. Yeah. And I noticed that uh, the oats was turned yellow, and I walked in there, and this was early in the season. Uh, and most of the aphids that were in there, they didn't have rings. The first generation of aphids that survived the winter, they have rings. How did the aphids come in the middle of the field? About a week earlier, I'd seen a single-engine plane circling over the middle of that field. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, the RCMP, right now they're doing some grandstanding here in New Brunswick. as corporate, goon squad, beating mm-hmm. up native people. Yep. Oh, no. But, uh, that are, that are uh, protest, uh, protesting against the fracking, you know? Yes. Uh-huh. And the potential danger that it uh, can do to the water supply and to the environment. Of course. Of course it does. You don't blow up. Is it, it is. They're going to blow up the darn death all over the place. Ties in again with Agenda 21. They'll all have to move out into the big, big cities. And, and, and the ground is subsiding, of course. And, but the big boys will say, well, in a thousand years, all those folk will be long gone and dead. And... Um, and we can start over anew for themselves and their superior breed, basically. Their mandate is to uh, protect the people of this country, and their mandate is not to be a corporate uh, goon squad. Uh, That's exactly correct. You've said it all. Thanks for calling. Thank you. And from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. I mean, your God, your gods, go with you.